Welcome to Papa's House Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Charles. For more information about this service, visit Papa's House India by logging in into SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and Facebook. I believe the Holy Spirit started four weeks ago. Uh, something very tangible. Why are we gathered here? You know, we started by that gathered for a purpose. And I, I thought it's going to be just one week. But I think it's still Holy Spirit is doing something in our midst. And he's, he's gathering us for a purpose so that we are not just here to do church on Sundays and then carry on with our life. And, and the concept of church has been, has been taken totally out of context. So what we're going to share today might not end today. It may continue flow over to the next week. So th this is the fourth week gathered for a purpose, part four. And this part four won't be even stopped today. So it will continue probably next week because I don't want to rush it. How many of you know, how many of you can agree with me, we live in a very crazy times. Yes? Do we, do we live in a crazy times? And how many of you know that that we live in a times where our logic cannot find answer to the problems we are facing. Yes? And I want to turn your attention to one scripture. I want you to turn your Bible to Matthew 17, 21. Matthew 17, 21. Matthew 17 is a very interesting passage because it's a passage where Jesus just revealed himself as a, he got transfigured. He took his three buddies, he went up there, he got transfigured, and then he comes down, and he's got the rest of the nine of them. They were, they were trying to uh, set one person free from a demonic oppression. You know the story. I'm, I'm setting up the context. And these people goes to Jesus and said, these guys, your disciples, they've been probably there almost two, two and a half years now, you know, he's at the end, the tail end of his ministry on earth. And these guys, I brought these people, my, 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 my sick person, I brought it to your, your disciples and they could not heal this person. So do something. And then Jesus looked at his disciples, he rebukes them, and then he heals them. Then they go back to their private meeting. Maybe they're having some cup of chai, I don't know what they're doing. But they're having a time and they're talking. And then one guy... John is called the lover of Jesus. He asks this question and Jesus answers this. This is the context. Okay? But this kind is cast out only through prayer and fasting. And today, this morning, we are going to be talking about gathered for a purpose, part two, fasting. And for some of you, for the first time you're here, just want to give you a recap on it. So the recap is, we've been talking about how the early church was. The early church had all these seven things part of their DNA. This was how the early church functioned. If we are to model a church, we should not look at internet, look at the mega churches in America or mega churches in India and copy and say, what you know, tricks they are doing or what uh, tactics or what program they are doing and so that we can copy it so that we can attract people. One of, our, one of my dear friend lives in, 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 in another state. Uh, he is also a church. Sharon knows Jacob. 
and uh, so we talk most often about these things and and he said something very interesting uh, he you know we have turned people from a person to a program the church has turned people from a person to a program so people come to church thinking they're going to have a good time that's why people say after service they come to the pastor and say i enjoyed your message have you heard that i mean you might have said that to me i have said that we did this mistakes and i'm nothing wrong in that it's to be encouraged and it's fine but we have moved from encounter to entertain when we move from encounter to entertain what happens the person takes the second place program becomes a highlight when program becomes a highlight what happens we are more concentrated on how we going to feel so we come to church with an expectation that today i am going to feel oh, that song so good no it felt so nice that pastor that seven points that's so good that joke wow he's got a sense of humor it's so nice and then we go back talking about it in our car in our bike thinking about it and then go to eat biryani i mean sundays is a a good feast day for many of you and and then we carry on with our life then monday to friday it just work 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 because your boss is pestering you are in a bond you know don't you are not a bond in christ you have a bond in you know <laughs> another place and then you work work saturday free sunday you come back this is like a routine every week day in day out and then we kind of numbed monday to friday we are numbed to the things that's called the numb factor we are numbed to what's going around we kind of you know like the horse that's got his eyes closed we just go do our stuff go do our stuff so anything that comes around us we don't feel it and i mean i'm making a very blanket statement i'm not talking particularly maybe for you it's not the case this is the blanket statement i'm making for many people that's why what happens is when it comes to things like entertainment when it comes to things like politics when it comes to things like education when it comes to things like healthcare and sanitation poor you know poor and needy the church kind of isolates itself and we create a safe zone but church is never like that church is supposed to be a candle that sets upon a hill that shines light in the midst of darkness so people can find hope in church christ is the hope so the early church had all these seven things they had worship was not an event it was a lifestyle word what's a lifelong communication it's a lifestyle of supernatural they took the word not just you know i grew up in a in a in a indian tamil pentecostal background but i was super non christian before so i used to watch all those crazy horror movies and come back keep the bible next to my pillows i don't know whether you have done that uh, your smile tells me maybe yes but i don't need confession but i think that keeping the bible next to your pillow protects you from kind of you know in when i grew up i watched that movie called 13am number veedu it's a very crazy those days that was 25 years ago you know so you feel like wow and then somehow you feel like you're sitting next to your pillow makes you feel you're protected so we kind of encounter this bible as some myth to protect us from all evil like some religious fellows they try it on their you know here on the cop or something they do so we use this as a magic book not as a life book and then communion communion was we take communion every day every week 
I encourage my my family here in Papa's house to take it at least every day so that you can you can have a deep revelation of the cross because cross defines who and me are in Christ. Without cross, it would be another religion. Cross tells you Christ paid. Amen. So and then you are fasting and prayer, constant communion with God, giving because He gave Himself first. and it's not manipulation that's why we don't have a we don't say we have an offering we're going to take an offering god loves a cheerful giver we don't have an offering box it's up the back it's up to you and god it's a relationship it's a it's a sign of worship and many of you here are faithful in your first fruits and and i am a witness being your pastor i see who puts what and i see and i thank god for you for that you know so evangelism christian living is experience and expression and then comes discipleship discipleship to be a better representative of the kingdom kingdom citizen so these are the seven things the early church practiced so what we did last 3 weeks we unlocked a few things we talked about discipleship we talked about evangelism and i thought we are done but then the holy spirit was telling talk to them today about fasting and 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 i i wanted to talk from one particular passage about fasting but just before that we wanted to uh, just want to highlight few things second chronicle 714 this is what we talked last week second chronicle 714 is the scripture that we said if if my people that means god says if god's people repent the consequences of our repentance is what healing in our land amen how many of you believe that you and me bow down humble ourselves and say god heal my city and i repent of my sins vellur will experience the healing hand of god amen you no need to go and you know cast the demons out from other people you kneel down you humble yourself you cry out to god god brings healing and i am so thankful to god papa's house is a multi multicultural church and it's a it's a it's a church that brings so many people from many nationalities so many states are gathered here and when we pray you know some of you are not from this how many of you are not from this city can i see your hand not from the city 98% even including me i was just born here raised up in the south so all of you are from outside but when you intercede and pray for this city god brings a healing to our our city amen this is what we talked about and then we talked about action points you know like these two questions we talked about what areas you need to be challenged as an individual what areas we need to grow as a church we ended off a last last week with this uh, uh, you know action points pray for open doors you know ask for you know pray for boldness take a step of faith i want to ask you anybody wants to share a testimony or anything that happened last week this week that Yes, Sister Rekha, come up. If you can just share briefly, because we we expect these things should happen. That's why. Yeah, uh, this happened actually uh, the last week. Uh, no, on the le- on eleventh this month. Uh, there's a patient. Uh, her name is Jeeva, and uh, her first daughter is affected with muscular dystrophy, and she's bedridden. And then uh, what happened is uh, she second conceived, and then uh, we did last uh, uh, last year uh, two two years back, I think. Uh, the prenatal diagnosis that means whether the fetus is affected or not and then now she came with a third pregnancy and they are from very poor background uh, and her husband is taking care of the uh, child you know the bedridden uh, she is 20 years old 
and then uh, what happened is um, I uh, we were like you know in the lab side where we will discuss uh, about the testing and everything so she's poor she cannot afford but still she came with the hope that you know uh, it can be done somehow so that uh, she she was from there from morning she's a diabetic and she was taking insulin and she was just like so much distressed and disappointed you know she was sitting there um, in front of our uh, department and then uh, then I, I went and spoke to her somehow like you know God was telling that because I'm a person like I uh, I'm also from a different background so I'm from a Hindu background and then I came to uh, you know uh, know God Jesus and then accepted and then uh, I, I have always a feeling like you know I'm not able to share this uh, God's uh, good news and you know God's love with others and always like I think like okay what others think you know uh, is this is not the right place to say all those so but Somehow, like after, like uh, uh, the last week's uh, sermon and service, you know, God was speaking to me, saying that you have to, like, uh, this is like, you know, this is the time you have to tell about me because there are like many people I used to see, and you know, I wonder, like, I I get like so much uh, disappointed like seeing them because. They are also God's children. Amen. But we are, I don't know how. Sorry. Thank you, so Jesus. then I just spoke to her and then what she said was during second pregnancy, she was praying in front of the chapel and then she could see Jesus came and then touched her and said that this child will not be affected. And then we did the genetic testing and the child was normal. Yeah. And, and this time also what happened she was she came with a lot of hope and then and then I was telling her that Jesus is there with you and then you have to you know put all your faith and hope and trust in God mm. he will not he will not leave you and you know he will not forsake you so that she was like she was also having that hope and that's what she came without any money and husband was telling her to abort the child actually and then she came say, thinking that like you know she she knows that god is working in her life and she has the testimony i was so surprised to you know hear hear that and then uh, with very prayerfully like you know she don't have money okay we thought one of my friend also we just helped her somehow like with god's grace like you know we put all the money because testing is very costly it's around ten thousand then we did and then God's, you know, it's a miracle that child is not affected. So the result has come. Hallelujah. So that last week, like, you know, Hallelujah. the child is not affected. And I'm so happy that, Hallelujah. you know, child, you know, the God answered our prayer. Amen. Because I put it in the prayer group also. And everybody prayed. And that was a testimony that, you know, I could share. Amen. And, and thank you for all Amen. your prayers that God answered this time. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Isn't it so beautiful to see the hand of God? Just a simple obedience. You know, you don't need to be an evangelist. You don't have to have all the credentials to become an evangelist. Evangelism, I showed you here, and you might have seen this. You know, it's, it's basically experience and expression. Sister Rekha, experience the presence of God. Experience the encounter. And you go out and express it. Amen. Why don't we take 30 seconds, lift up your hand, 
and let's just pray that God we experience we will go and express it come on lift up your hands let's pray you know i don't want to hear to give you a talk this is not a talk this is an encounter with the lord jesus we are here we are here as you as we experience you we want to express give us that boldness father give us that boldness thank you jesus yes lord the harvest is plenty the laborers are few here we are lord the most dangerous prayer you can pray is here i am lord use me that's the most dangerous prayer so father here we are use us for your glory in jesus name amen wonderful so let's keep continuing here it says you know like we talked about um these are the action steps you know invite people to your person not to your program and this helps us to understand that that christian living is not just for sundays it's for the whole of life amen so today we will unlock i'm not sure we will have the time um it's already 10:48 we will unlock the whole sermon maybe so it will flow over to the next week so this week we will talk about matthew 20 17:21 this is the context where jesus said there are certain things in life it's not going to change unless you fast and pray and we want to talk about how important is fasting and i wanted to share a couple of thoughts on that fasting is it's an it's not an event sorry it's not an event it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle and it's this matthew 4 1 to jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after fasting 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry including the role model the messiah christ he fasted and it's a requirement bible never says if you fast bible says when you fast so there are matthew 6 you find three when when you pray when you give when you fast so it's a it's a requirement just like this camera need tripod for the camera to rest for our christ living we need those three legs giving praying and fasting many times we christians try to live in two or one praying and that's why we lived in a imbalanced lifestyle we need the tripod we need the prayer we need the giving and we need the fasting and let's look a little bit about this in isaiah 58 and that's where isaiah says something what is true fasting and it's up here it's up in the screen uh, it says this is the kind of fast i desire god desires remove the heavy chains of oppression stop exploiting your workers set free the crushed and mistreated break off yoke of bondage share your food with the hungry provide for the homeless bring them into your home clothe the naked don't turn your back on your own flesh and blood let's just stop here let's look at this list what are we doing as a church when i say church i'm not talking about institution i'm talking about you and me what he says god says what is the true fasting is the true fasting is remove the chains of oppression stop exploiting your workers you know many of you are in a place of influence how is our our people who are working under us are we empowering them or are we oppressing them set free the crushed and mistreated and then it says when you do those things i will elaborate this in the next slide when you do this 
God says, my favor will bathe you in sunlight until you are like a dawn bursting through the dark night and suddenly your healing will manifest and you will see your righteousness march out before you and the glory of Yahweh will protect you. Then Yahweh will answer, ask when you pray. When you pray for, cry out for help, you will, he will say, here I am. If you banish every oppression, the scornful accusation and vicious slander. And then it goes off by saying, if, if you offer yourselves in compassion for the hungry, relieve those in misery. Like what one of our daughters, Rekha said, she said, we gathered something from our pockets. We gave. If you have compassion, there are three emotions are there. Sympathy, empathy, and compassion. What is sympathy? We always say, ayo, pao. Have you heard that thing? People say that, no? The Tamil people know what I'm saying. Ayo, pao. You know, that's the sympathy. That's sympathy. Ayo, shame. Empathy is like, I wish I could do something, but, you know, it's vidhi, fate. Sympathy, empathy. Bible says, Jesus needed to move in sympathy. Jesus did not move in empathy. Jesus moved in compassion. What is compassion? I will do whatever it takes to set you free. And he took his life to set us free. Amen. Amen. This is not a religion, guys. This is a relationship. It's so beautiful. Then, if you offer yourselves in compassion for the hungry, relieve those in misery, then your dawning light will rise in darkness and your gloom will turn into noonday splendor. Verse 11, Yahweh will always guide you where to go and what to do. He will find, fill you with refreshment. Even when you are in dry and difficult place, He will continually restore strength to you and you will flourish like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing, trustworthy spring of blessing. Look at verse 12. Can we read this together? It's up on the screen. One, two, three. Your people, come on everybody, your people will rebuild long deserted ruins, building anew on foundations laid long before you. You will be known as repairs of the city and restorers of community. Amen. What is the last phrase? It says, let's do it again one more time, please. One more time. Your people will rebuild, one more time, louder. Your people will rebuild long deserted ruins, rebuilding a new foundations laid long before. You will be known as repairs of the cities and restorers of community. Who are you? Restorer of community. Not just staying there in one bubble and say, I am also a Christian. My family is Christian. I am a, you know, everybody is in a Christian school, Christian college, Christian university, Christian workplace. We are in a bubble Every friends of mine is... That's not why Christ came and... That, that's, you know, as a father, I don't want to see my kids go through painful thing. It's a cruel, miserable thing that God the Father allowed His Son to go through. For us to have a good time, you should think that. It's to have a good time, Father has to pay that price. No, no, no. So that the humanity will be restored. God created the Father. Jesus redeemed Holy Spirit lives in us. God the Father created so that we can be sons and daughters. Jesus redeemed so that we can become His bride. Holy Spirit dwells in us so that we are His temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Christ doesn't do miracles. Christ is your miracle. Are you, are you awake? You need a coffee or 
Are you there? Yes, amen. Amen. Does it make sense? Yes. So, I'm going to unlock this and then we're going to fa- we're going to take some time. I'm going to give you some tips. It's not going to continue this. It's a lot of things to share. So, it will not go I, w- I don't want to keep you waiting. Five qualifications of the last day ministry. These are the five things God is asking if you are fasting. He's saying, commit to banish every form of oppression from our life. Churches and society. Uh, what is oppression? Oppression of not telling the truth. Oppression of, you know, keeping elitism. Oppression of saying, you know, I am better than you. Social class. Today, in, in, in India, there is no racism, but there is regionalism. We, we have cliques. We, we talk about it. And that's not nice. That's an oppression. That divides people. Hello? And we have oppression from churches. As I told you last week, you know, we talk about CSI and CNI. Now, I was told, you know, criminals of South India and criminals of North India as a Pentecostal. I grew up being, thinking that. But the, I found out there are more criminals in Pentecost than in the CSI denomination. And when we have this, that's what Jesus says. Banish. You know what is banish? Put away. Throw like a trash. Banish every form of oppression. It's not about just praying. It's not about just I'm fasting, skipping one meal. No, it's, it's, it has to manifest in our areas of life. Number two. Look at that. Remove scornful accusation. In other words, criticism of others and their ministries. It's, it's very important, right? You know, yeah, Aaron is good, but Gideon is good, uh, but sometimes people say, you know, I know this pastor is powerful, but I know him 10 years ago, how he was. That's criticism. Let me tell you, when you criticize, Holy Spirit leaves. Hello? That's one of the reasons I never go to pastor's meeting because when I gather, two or three gather, pastors gather, they always criticize about the pastor who never came. It's the reality. And we, we always talk. And in CMC, you guys have so many fellowships. You know, sheep fellowship, lion fellowship, you know, uh, goat fellowship. All those fellowships are there. And, you, and sometimes, you know, you, you, one fellowship is criticizing other fellowship. And what is the point of that? The fellowship is what? According to Reinhard Bonke, fellowship means two fellows in a ship. Communicating. It's God and you. But we communicate and criticize one another. How can we see kingdom of God explained? It's not going to work. Number three, forbid to spread malicious slander. Outright lie. Outright slander. We, we say things that's not true. You know, one day I read on Facebook, do not trust anything that you read on Facebook. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was not even born. <laughs> you know, do not trust anything that's on Facebook. Abraham Lincoln. He must be the prophet better than Isaiah. You know, it's like that. So sometimes we read something on the internet and we make a statement out of it. You know, forbid malicious slander. You know, slander. Have compassion for the poor and disenfranchised. Compassion. You know, that's why one of the things we do in, in Papa's house, our brothers, we cook food and we take every week to the homeless to share the food. And we, many of you, some of you have joined either financially or contributed or even came during the pandemic time. We were cooking 
for every day 100 to 250 meals we were giving out for more than 60 days during the entire pandemic time you know why because church is supposed to care for the poor and needy if we don't care for the poor and needy who else gonna care God came to restore the good news to the poor the first thing number four number five comfort those who are enduring suffering and tragedy you know today we are so numbed with our pain we don't feel it we don't know what is tragedy we kind of say that's happens in India no today the life of a three-year-old the life of a 50-year-old is not a big sense it's a vidi karma it's eight million times you're going to come back again so if you go now you're going to come back anyway so there is no concept of reverence towards life I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, what's your concept when you see this city has got close to 800,000 people live and you know how many people live still in dire poverty behind the insurance company you will see there in the Alangar Theater and there, there is a slum there. They need more, more you know, kingdom of, kingdom of God needs to come near Vridambati area. There is a big slum in the Skadar area school. We need to see these people come to know precious love of Jesus. What are we doing about it? What's our role? What is the role of church? I'm not talking about giving material things. I'm talking about how can we see poverty become a history? How can we see that the king of, kingdom of God affects every area of our life? Amen? It looks mountainous, but let me tell you, with God, everything is possible. It was chaos once. The cities like cities of Brazil cities in Korea, South Korea, it was chaotic. But God restored. When people like you and me humble ourselves, pray there is a healing in the land. Amen? Amen. Now, if you do these things during fasting and praying, these are the things God will promise. Our spiritual light influence will increase in our communities. There is there's a guy called John C. Maxwell. Anybody heard about him? You might have heard. John Maxwell. John Maxwell says... People don't care what you say until they know what you care about them. People don't care what you say until they know what you care about them. Are we caring about the community? If we care about the community, our influence will increase. We just aloof, sit ourselves in a tinted glass, go and do our thing. From bubble to bubble, there will be no influence. Number two, discouragement and gloom will disappear in our lives number three God will give us a specific guidance and counsel to know what to do and where to go God's spirit will lead us Christians sometimes we are sometimes more confused but the spirit of God says when you pray and fast this is becoming your entitled possession number four he will fill us with renewing grace when we are surrounded by difficult situation and by the way grace is not a concept grace is a person and number five our spiritual lives will flourish like a lush garden with fruit it's all in the scripture I'm not making it up read those scriptures and just putting it up in the screen number six we will not cease to ever flowing source of blessing to others number seven we will be given God's grace to build lives and institutions in our cities cultures and societies churches and nations 110 years ago there was one teenage girl came to see her dad and she saw the pain that a Muslim young girl could not be delivered because her dad was not allowed as a man she went back studied medicine started 
this institution called CMC. A cobbler guy got a revelation that Indians need Jesus. A cobbler, shoemaker. He was not from a prestigious elite noble team background. He was a shoemaker, down class. In the England, they have class. Here we have caste. All same demon. And he came, learned Bible. In 14 languages, he's translated. My brothers and sisters, when we fast and pray, God gives grace to rebuild lives. He gives us re grace to rebuild lives. You know, somebody asked Mother Teresa, you see so many poverty, how are you going to, what is the answer? She said this, one child at a time. One child. I had a privilege to minister there many years ago. Let me tell you, I, I may not agree with her doctrinal belief. That's different. But look at the gold in what Christ is doing. One child at a time. Amen. Number eight, we will take up legacy of our spiritual fathers and build on their foundation. Nine, we will have a testimony of healing cities. Like this testimony, what you hear? That will be the healing cities. Testimony of God healing our cities. I like Vivek's faith because he's so passionate to see Vellur bowing before Jesus. India bowing before... I, I'm so... God honors those faith when we do it in His way. Amen? We want to see Vellur being healed. How many of you trusting God Vellur to be healed? Two and a half, four, five, six, seven, eight. Amen? Do you believe the Vellur to be healed? If Vellur is healed, many... You know, many of us who are working in the medical field has to find jobs somewhere else. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Hello? Sometimes when we pray, that's the consequence of our prayers. But that's a good thing. That's a good thing because there are so many other cities. You know, India has got 300 B category cities. And there are 50 A category cities. Vellur comes under B category cities. And there are more than... 10,000 C category cities under the population of 40 to 100,000 people. So there are lots of cities we can go and bring Christ. Hello? You know, some of you are like, yes, brother, I'm waiting for my bond to finish. No, that's not what I'm talking. I'm talking about the reality of this. Amen? So that Christ can heal the city. And Jesus said, I didn't come to just one city. I'm called to go to other cities to preach the kingdom. And last but not the least, we will restore our well-being to our communities. It has to reach. This building is not for church. This building, God healed our son from autism. God gave a burden. And we felt in our heart that this area are surrounded. There is no school for kids with special needs. God gave this vision. This is not for church. Sunday only, this is from Monday to Friday. There's going to be partition. We are starting, God willing, this June. School here. And it will continue, it will grow. Your prayer is from, from KG, it will go all the way up. So, we're stepping out in faith. We want to see the one who healed us can heal others. Amen? Amen. Not to keep it us. Now, I know it's late. I'm going to wrap it up. Bear with me. And we will continue next. I just want to finish off with this. Who are we as Papa's house? I want to give this challenge. Number one, we are a multicultural family of God. That's who we are. It's not a monoculture. You know, there is no partiality here. We are a multicultural family. If you look around everywhere, everyone is from different state. 
different expression just because it's different it doesn't mean it's wrong it's just different that's it amen and then we believe in a naturally supernatural god here there is no hierarchy i don't encourage people to call me pastor or anything it's just tell you know you call me by name if you are uncomfortable call me anna because i'm probably the oldest guy here i mean my brother sunil is the oldest you know so i have somebody above me so and then you call me anna or tambi it's fine you know we are we are we just walking together we are getting to know our daddy you know somebody is in front of us doesn't mean to dominate but to lead us in a better way that's it and we practice hospitality we are xenophilios not xenophobia this is a greek word xenophilio means friend xeno means friend philio means love friend to a stranger and xenophobia you know xenophobia so there's castro you know like uh, in the lack of space what is it called claustrophobic claustrophobic no yeah and xenophobia means scared of strangers so we are not scared of strangers we love diversity this it's a it's a it's a family of papa's house love diversity and i tell them to all my tamil speaking friends who ask me brother what caste are you and i tell them i cast all my caste upon jesus my grandparents from my mom's side they are brahmins like rekha the brahmins but my dad said they are dalits we are married and i married a white girl i am like that kisan mixed fruit jam all mixed no caste i cast my caste upon jesus i have no caste and that's it so so we are a multicultural we practice hospitality xenoph you know fear feel you's not xenophobia and this is the last one what we do what jesus command us to do pray meditate on his word give and fast amen so i wanted to ask you to take about this and we don't want to continue this you know this it will take us to the next session we probably will come back god willing next week we'll talk but i wanted to stay here if you can take a few moments here this is what the lord has promised us but let's not do it for the sake of promise let's do it because let's ask this question what needs to be cleansed in our own lives do i need to forgive somebody or do i need to ask god maybe some criticism i need to let go maybe gossip you know we christians are very good in gossip we call it differently you know what is it called prayer request we call it prayer request just sharing with you know nothing big just sharing just sharing have you heard that just sharing yes brother benny yes lots of just sharing people share you know just sharing it's called gossip and when you gossip holy spirit leaves holy spirit lives in holy bodies let's take a moment i want you to get in the groups of two or three we're going to share communion and this communion is for those who received jesus in your life as your personal savior it's not for everyone yes he died for everyone but we take this communion for those who received him in his heart and say christ is now in my heart i am cleansed because of his blood not here understanding logically but to experiencing him so if you have never made jesus as your lord don't take it make right with god first and then take it but if you if you don't agree with this take time 